there's nothing better than when you have a line, that guy that, you know, just gets a cup of coffee and two shots of cream is at the back of the line. And you can just quietly grab that, make eye contact with him, hand it to him and say, catch me tomorrow, you know, and he's off and running. That kind of service is what really is fun. Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Mazuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Susie, one of the owners of Grounds for Coffee, a coffee shop in Northern Utah. Susie, welcome. Hello. So Susie, kind of beginning at the beginning, you grew up in a small town in Michigan, I believe, right? And both your parents were teachers? That's right. Yep. Did you know that you wanted to become an entrepreneur and own your own business at some point? Oh, no, not at all. I kind of went kicking and screaming a little bit. Or actually, I guess a better depiction would be blindly into entrepreneurialism. It was my husband's idea. My parents, as you stated, were both teachers. My father went on to become a superintendent of the school system that I attended. So they were very, very much into education. But it was always something that I knew I just did not want to do. I just didn't have the mentality for it at all. So I went on to study other things in school. And it wasn't until years later when my husband drove past the very first Grounds for Coffee location that opened up near our house here in Salt Lake City that he became intrigued and went in and talked to him. He always had an entrepreneurial mind, but he was working for a bank at the time. Went in and spoke with them and said, I'd like to open one of these. And so... It was really his idea to become business owners. And I really had no idea what I was getting into, which I think might have been a good thing at the time because sometimes Uh doing too much, (laughs) I might have said no, but I love it now. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Well, that's great. Now that you can look back, was there anything that was leading you in this direction or, or that you had that you've been able to bring to your small business that has really benefited you? I studied advertising initially in college, because I love the psychology of it. I I guess kind of you might consider it manipulation now, but I love the way that things were done in order to make a person do a certain thing. So buy a certain product and appeal to certain demographics, that kind of thing. So that was really intriguing to me. So I guess that's something that I obviously have tried to carry over. And then I love the graphic design aspect of it. And that's something that I did After college, I worked for a graphic design firm just kind of as desktop publishing was coming in. So that gave me a little bit of a background 30 years ago to be able to do our own menus and a lot of our own ads and things like that. But as far as running my own business, I never thought I could do that. That was just out of my realm. I always imagined myself working for someone else. Right. My wife, her dad was a teacher her whole life. It was a bit of a leap in paradigm, just considering, yeah, that that whole other world that's out there. And teaching is a very stable place to be. But yeah, to go take the risk of breaking out and doing your own thing is, is quite a paradigm shift. Yeah. And I would definitely attribute all of that to my husband. <laughs> so we're <laughs> polar opposite in that way. I'm very safe. I'm very methodical. He is like, woohoo, let's try this. Let's do that. So yeah. it's a good it's a good combination actually. Yeah. So you mentioned that he went to one of these coffee shops in Salt Lake, right? And Correct. Got the and asked must have inquired, got the idea that this could be done. 
how did that discussion go when you got home? What led you to actually following along and going and doing this yourself? Was that an easy conversation or what? Yeah, I I think so because I wasn't pushing in strongly in any other direction. So it wasn't like I had a career that I was like, no, I don't want to give up my career. I'm on this track. I want to stay doing this. I was in the graphic design area and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something that, you know, was having huge leaps and bounds employment wise. So it was a pretty easy sell for me. We definitely knew that we need to, to kind of poise ourselves for success. So we spent a year paying down student loans and Dan, my husband kept his current job. He worked for a bank, kept his job for the first year when we opened the coffee shop. So I was there Monday through Friday every day. And then Dan would come in after his banking job in the evening. We were open till 11 p.m. So he would come in about five o'clock and stay till close at 11 and worked both Saturday and Sunday. So he was really driven. I mean, it was his dream and his baby, but he definitely had the commitment to make it work. I mean, failure was just not an option in his mind at all. So for the first full year, 365 days, he worked solid, you know, never had a day off that first year because he was working his banking job Monday through Friday and then evenings at the coffee shop and Saturday and Sunday. And then I was home. We had just, our son was just a little, little guy and I was home with him on the weekends and it was nice. It was a, you know, really, really busy time and we didn't see a lot of each other, but we were so well received in Ogden when we initially opened. It couldn't have had a better reception from our customers and the community and that kept us going. That really kept us going through a lot of the challenging, tough times. You know, I remember one story. We spent a bit of time prior to opening, fixing up our location. So we're at the corner of Harrison Boulevard and 30th Street. It was an old insurance. Adjuster. Adjuster. Yeah. yeah. So it had a car bay and then some interior offices with walls and everything. So we had to do a bit of reconstruction on the building in order to make it fit what we wanted to do. And we were doing that ourselves. I remember as we were working there, people would come in and say, Hey, what's going on? What's going to open here? And we'd say, Oh, you know, we're going to open a coffee shop. And they'd be like, Oh, wow, that's so cool. And we always had coffee brewed for ourselves. You know, when people would come in, we were always giving them cups of coffee and like, well, here, try it, you know, take it and have some. So tell us what you think. And they were always very happy. So I remember at one point, I think we were just a little bit shy of pulling the trigger and actually opening, but we were pretty much ready. And I remember one day Dan just saying, you know what? Enough is enough. We're open. He emptied what money he had back when we carried cash and he emptied that into the cash register and said, we are open. (laughs) And so that's (laughs) that's how we got open. And then we went on to hire staff and really officially be open. But he's like, I'm tired of giving coffee away. He goes, we're going to start charging for it and we're going to be open. Well, that's great. So you were plunged into doing it on your own during the day. Dan was coming in at nights and weekends. So all of a sudden now, did you have employees there at the beginning? I mean, and you... Yes, we did pretty quick because we we were open from 5.30 in the morning until 11 p.m. at night. And of course, I mean, there was just the two of us. So even though one of us was there, all of those open hours, we still needed staff. You know, we still needed help. So I think by the time Dan had said, we're open, 
we had been hiring and had people ready to go. We just weren't exactly sure when the open, you know, day would be, but yeah. So we had staff pretty quick. That's great. So you must've been involved in the marketing. What other roles did you play in the business? Like I said, I was in the store Monday through Friday, and then we had an 18 month old. So in the evenings and on weekends, I was pretty much managing him. And that's when I took over more of the marketing, more of the, all of the accounting. Yeah, that was interesting. That was another eye opener too, because (laughs) Dan is not a, God love him, but he's not a detailed person. And so uh, accounting was a mess. It was like getting a shoebox full of receipts and, oh, and by the way, you know, we're a little behind here and we need to catch these folks up and like, who is this? And so there was a lot of that, but, you know, we worked through that and I am a detail person. So that was great. That was my realm. And again, you know, I just can't say how much our personalities have complemented us in what we needed to accomplish in our business. Right. I imagine those differences help a lot, but also create challenges. Yes. (laughs) Just try and focus on the the positive along the way. Yeah, very true. I'm sure Dan would tell you this funny story too, if he were here, because this is always the one that we look back on and just chuckle. He came in one day, he was in the Ogden area for his job. And so he stopped into the coffee shop and I was in tears and he could tell from the minute he walked in the coffee shop and he was like, what is going on? You know, like what happened? You know, he was very concerned. And I looked at him and I said, we're out of half and half. We don't have any half and half. And he was just like, oh my God. I think that was an epiphany for him. Like he was like, what have I done to you? And it was pretty funny. We always joke about that. And he's like, yep, that's okay. We'll run to the store and get more. (laughs) What a great way for you guys to learn about each other and to grow closer ultimately. Yes, it was. Yeah. So Susie, what happened after that first year of getting up and going and now you're operating your business? What happened next? We were not the original owners of Grounds for Coffee. Originally, it was a licensed business. So our agreement with them was that we would just carry their coffee and utilize their logo. And so that's how we operated for about the first five to six years. And then they did a public offering and tried to take the business public. And in the midst of that, we were not really sure what happened, but it it all imploded. And at that time, we were in Ogden and there were about eight other stores in Salt Lake. And one by one, they kind of closed up. And what we noticed about those stores is that they didn't have on-site owners. They were all run by managers with owners who continued to have other jobs. The logo and the name of the business came up for renewal. And so they reached out. I'm not, can't really exactly sure how this all happened, but somehow we were notified of it probably because we were the only location around. We got the opportunity to secure the name and the logo. And at that point it was right around the early nineties. We had people coming in our coffee shop at least twice a month saying, oh my gosh, I love this. I want to open one. And we didn't really have any structure anymore because we just owned the name, but we didn't, you know, we weren't a licensed business. We weren't a franchise or anything like that. So we worked with a franchising attorney for about a year, putting our agreement together. And then at the end of that year, the 
the dot-com bubble burst and nobody had any money. So it was okay. I mean, it wasn't really what, wasn't really a direction we were intending to go. It's grown very organically. We don't really advertise the franchise very much. It's just word of mouth. And when people want to open one, we now have the structure in which to do that. So that's how all that came about. And we're a little atypical as far as franchises go. I was really opposed to being a franchise because, you know, when you talk about franchises, you think about McDonald's and big corporate entities. I knew that was not what I wanted to be and definitely not the lifestyle that I wanted to have and really tailored our agreement around that. We don't have a percent of sales. We just take a pretty modest flat fee from each store because we felt having been in business, it would have really been difficult to pay somebody else who's not in my store every day, who's not making decisions about the way the business operates that would get to collect more and more money. So the more money I make, the more money the franchisor would make. And we knew that's not how we wanted to operate. And so we really operate more as a cooperative of owners. I knew that I didn't want to be top down. I knew that I didn't want to have to always be out in front gauging what's going on in the coffee industry. And I wanted to be able to work collaboratively with my owners and pull in everybody else's strengths and interests and things like that. So that's been really wonderful. Um, We probably haven't grown as much as we could have, but that's fine with us because the quality of life that we've built around our business and being able to collaborate with other like-minded owners has been really phenomenal and fun. Yeah, that sounds like it would totally change the experience and be very appealing to franchisees. That's for sure. How many stores do you have open now? We have 11 now. The other way that we've tailored our agreement is we want all of our stores to look like a local independent coffee shop. We do dictate the menu, the way the drinks are made, the ingredients, those sort of things for consistency. So that whether I'm making the drink or my barista is making the drink or you go into another grounds for coffee, you're going to get the same beverage. But beyond that, your color scheme, your interiors, what other foods you carry, if any, what other business you might incorporate into your coffee shop is purely up to you. We want that owner to feel comfortable in their store and want to be there because they need to be there. And so that's been really nice. And coffee drinkers run the gamut. There's so many different preferences in what people want. So we feel like there's always going to be a grounds for coffee that will make them feel comfortable. Well, that's really great. Well, Susie, what has been your favorite part about owning your business? And maybe after that, what tips would you give to other small business owners? Well, I think definitely my favorite part about owning my own business, there's several. One is um, autonomy, not having anybody dictating when I have to be at work and when I can take time off and things like that. Uh, Although, you know, it is really dictated by your customers and your staff because course, whenever you want to take time off, that's when somebody gets sick and you can't. But <laughs> but um, it's just different because it's ultimately everything comes down to you and your decision. So that's been nice. And being able to kind of turn on a dime with big corporations, if you wanted to try something out, you'd have to get an approval from your manager and then you'd have to do the 
plan of how it's going to work and the costing and the time frame and all of that, you know, we just work on our gut. We can just say, hey, if we're going to try something, we put it in the store and we try it. And the other thing is just building relationships because we are in the business of coffee, but what we really do is we build relationships with our customers and our employees because where you might see somebody every five years if you're a car dealer or seasonally if you're selling athletic equipment, we see our customers every day. That really helps us to know who they are and what's going on in their life. It doesn't feel like a business when you look at it that way. It's just really we get them their morning cup of coffee, but it's all about seeing our friends. And there's nothing better than when you have a line, that guy that you know just gets a cup of coffee and two shots of cream is at the back of the line and you can just quietly grab that, make eye contact with him, hand it to him and say, catch me tomorrow, you know, and he's off and running. And that kind of service is what really is fun. I try to find employees who get that too. It's not always imperative because they're not the owner of the store and they don't necessarily think along those lines. But that's really fun for me to figure out how to just make people happy. There's two things that you do when you own a business. And the one I just described, which is trying to make people's day better. The other thing when people ask me about what is it like to own a business or, you know, how do you know if you're going to be good at owning a business? It's what kind of problem solver are you? Because owning a business is nothing more than solving problems. And some are easy and some are hard and some are fun and some are difficult. I enjoy that. I think that's a lot of fun. That's uh, an awesome perspective. And I think you summed it up really well about relationships and helping people. That statement you made, it, it doesn't feel as much like a business. When we're interacting with people in the course of providing our service or our product, what a great thing to strive for, not feeling like a business and feeling more just like a friend and friendly interaction. Yeah, I think another reason why our business is a little bit different is that we see people first thing in the morning too. We're quite often that very first person that they encounter, especially if they live alone. So, you know, we're saying, Hey, there's a little bit of toothpaste on your mouth or there's, you know, your <laughs> zipper's not all the way up or your butt, you know, your shirt's misbuttoned today, or it can be kind of intimate and sometimes without sounding weird or anything, but it's just, you get yeah. to really know people first thing in the morning. I just like that. And we really strive to just make their day a little bit better. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing your business story with us, Susie. Before we end, we would like to ask you one final question. And that is, what keeps you going as a small business owner? This is how I fund you know, my life. So that obviously keeps us going. But the reason that we continue down this line is just because it's been a great lifestyle for us. I was in a class at one point and learned why people go into business. And it was really eye-opening for me because I never really thought about it, that anybody would do it for any other reason than what we were doing it for. But a lot of people will start a business and then sell it, or they will start a business and you know take it public. And then they just lose that closeness to the business and that day-to-day operational side of it. And We're very community-minded, and one of our taglines is building community since 1991, and that's really what we look for in our 
other franchisee owners is how embedded in their community are they and how much do they think the way we do. I think you can advertise to bring customers in. There's a lot of things that you can do, but really just going out into your community and donating coffee and being supportive of what your customers are involved in and that kind of thing is has always been for us a better payoff. I always feel like if I can get my coffee into somebody's hands, that's the best thing I can do to bring them into my shops. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I hope that's what you Great. want. No, it's perfect. Thanks so much for being on, Susie, and wish you all the best. You're welcome. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. Mm-hmm.